0: Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a couple quick reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to give everybody the same old spiel. Head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for updates on past and present guests, as well as touring information for bands featured and all that jazz. Also, if Facebook isn't your thing, head over to my Instagram account at jonathan.kent.311. For a lot of the same information. Also, do yourself a favor and head over to this is just a record for releases by Gatlin and Letters and our first compilation, This is Just a Compilation, featuring 28 bands from across the world. And stay tuned for this This Is Just a Record Label presents Rust Belt Hardcore featuring 23 bands from the Eastern. Ohio, Western Pennsylvania region. That being said, also do yourself a favor and check out all the cool labels putting out Jay's stuff. Please go out and check out Outloud records, rumbar records, memorable, but not honorable tapes and river monster records. All are awesome labels and doing fantastic things. That being said, Jay, take us away.
1: And you've got no self-esteem. There's a whole side head With no to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same horror
0: On this episode, my good friend Jay Prozac sits down with me for a third time. We chat about a great year for Jay, whose band the Prozacs are celebrating 20 years with the collection entitled Fan Favorites and Be Hits, Out Now on Out Loud Records. And the release of his second solo album, Won't Back Down, Out Now on CD by Rumbar Records and cassettes by Memorable But Not Honorable, and vinyl to come out soon from River Monster Records. And the success that that solo release and several of the singles have already garnered. We also chat about another collection by the Prozacs to be released soon called Welcome to Camp Cheerful, which is the earliest recorded demos of the band recorded in Cleveland, Ohio, recorded with members of the Vermin. That release will be coming out on my imprint, This Is Just a Record Label, very soon. We also chat about tons more, so please sit back and get excited for this episode of This Is Just a Phase. This first track is the title track off of Jay Prozac's second solo album called Won't Let Go.
1: We yeah. the yeah.
2: Jay, yeah, I'm on the speakerphone again. (laughs) Okay, it sounds better
0: now, man. Before it was like interference.
2: All right, is that good?
0: Yeah, you're totally good, man.
2: Sweet, you know what the key is? What's the phone? I got the phone sitting on a memorable but not honorable sticker that also has a roll of duct tape on top of that. Very... Yeah, I think yeah, i'm gonna do this every time i do a podcast now
0: <laughs> it sounds good man yeah <laughs> jay thanks so much for coming back on the podcast man dude thanks again for having me i love it you're welcome man i i wanted to have you on because uh 2022 has become has become like a fantastic year for you And I'm really happy for you that you're, you're getting the attention that you have been getting this year. And, um, uh, no, man, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And I'm really happy for you. And I want you to know that.
2: Well, thank you so much, my friend.
0: It, It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, you know, we've been talking over the past several years about things about your place and every, you know, in the scene and stuff like that. And I think, this year has, in a lot of ways, proven uh, has answered a lot of questions to you, because um, um, the amount of tension that you're getting this this far into your career uh, really speaks volumes to how you have been seen within the scene overall.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're I well. don't really know. I don't really know what's happening. I don't know if I'm just kind of moving over to the side and getting some new years. <laughs> or what i know malibu lou over at rumbar records is busting his ass on my behalf so and you know what
0: lou's doing a fantastic job and i i kind of want to split this interview in into three sections and yeah. the first i want to go and i want to talk about um uh hits and wannabe faves and i want to talk about um the the new solo album and then i want to talk to you about the project that we're working on together yeah Um, definitely because it seems like these you know this year has been split in kind of three different fractions of where you're 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 putting your focus at you know what i mean um so i i want to start talking to you um late last year um you had gone ahead and uh Decided to put out a a greatest hits collection called Fan Faves and Wannabe Hits.
2: Yeah, um, the key word is there. It doesn't say greatest hits in it.
0: It says wannabe hits.
2: Wannabe hits.
0: But I think within, <laughs> but I think within the scene though, it's
3: <laughs>
0: it, 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 like I always, I always hate with with punk when bands put out greatest hits because it's yeah. like. Really, you know what I mean? Because not a lot of bands do really release single singles, like radio singles.
2: Yeah, or we've, we've, or never a, singles. we've never we've never had a hit. I've never had a hit. <laughs> so not in that. that sense. That's why I didn't put greatest hits.
0: <laughs> not not in the sense of a greatest hits. Um, the the,
2: the... No, I know what you mean that's kind of like a traditional greatest hits is like really like the radio singles and. All that stuff of whatever particular band, but but
0: what this, but what the collection is, is thirty three songs spanning twenty years of your band.
2: You exactly. know the
0: the either songs with music videos or or um, songs that have gotten you attention, have been featured on comps, uh, songs that um, are are fan favorites live and live at shows,
2: exactly. Um,
0: you know, and 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 like I said, I mean, you know how long I've been following your band, and it's it's stuff as far back as obviously 2002 through now, um, with the new song blah blah blah. Um, but like, if like if somebody were to come to me and were like, okay, what songs would you like? If I want if I if I want somebody to check out the Prozac's, what list of songs would I give them? And you pretty much nailed songs that I would have people check out on 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 the comp. I mean, you know, right. we talked before double feature, Charlie Hargis, um, around all of tonight pieces. Those pants would look better on your sister. You know.
2: Yeah. Was I don't kind care of, yeah, I was out there asking people. You know, before that, before I announced the project, you know, I was asking online, you know, to getting an idea of maybe what, what songs are people's favorites that are fans of the band. Plus, you know what I mean? I've been doing it for so long. I have a pretty good idea what songs people ask for live, yeah. what songs, you know, I've seen people talk about. And it was kind of a good opportunity to put what, again, you know, what, like it says, what we thought, what I thought was the fan favorite songs. And it was kind of a cool opportunity to slide in. A few songs that I personally thought maybe didn't get attention. That maybe this would be an opportunity to give those songs a little more of a spotlight. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: but uh, of the of the thirty three songs, how how many of them do you think were were necessarily picked out from like a pot by the by people online? Like, like would you say like twenty five of those songs were? were picked by people submitting their their ideas
2: uh, honestly i i mean i I think stuff that people would have that people might picked out would be things <laughs> with songs that i you know <laughs> songs mm-hmm. i know that already knew were going to go on there yeah well, i don't think there were any surprises
0: no they're there and, and that's the thing i was saying earlier i mean if there were if like i like if I was going to somebody who's never heard your band and I'm like, oh what what should I check out? I mean yeah. you you covered them. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's several songs <laughs> off of each off of each record. I mean, God, you your 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 catalogue is extensive with the Prozacs. I mean, given the studio albums, the EPs, the the, the the compilations that you put together yeah. the splits the the whole night dy- I mean you cover every era of the band
2: yeah that was that was part of the point you know i mean definitely getting getting a little bit of you know most of the people that played in the band at whatever point were on recordings it was kind of a cool opportunity to take like a say a song like charlie argus it it's a song that um you know, we recorded a version on the the fan favorites was recorded with the Thanks for Nothing lineup. And okay. It was it wasn't really ever truly properly released, and uh, it was re-recorded for Questions and Answers a few years later. So mm-hmm. this was a an opportunity to to put that recording. It appeared on a seven inch, yeah, eventually. But um, yeah. So I you know I got to slide that one in there. Uh the song Around was recorded three different times and released. And uh, the, version, the version I included on there was the Johnny Three Split.
0: I was going to say it was the Johnny Three Split one, right?
2: Right. Now, the Johnny Three Split was kind of its own little release, and some of those songs were re-recorded. Um, Around was re-recorded again, and it was put on a, the uh, Cleaning Out the Closet. I looked at You and Everything also. There was an early version of that included on Cleaning Out the Closet. So I put the Johnny three split version on, you know, this new CD, but yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to kind of think about what, what to put on this thing and uh, you know, anything to kind of validate it, having a new song, opening it up. I mm-hmm. like that bands do greatest, greatest hits collections, you know, MXPX. They did, they did one uh, many moons ago and they re-recorded, you know, probably their hits like Chick Magnet and, and uh you know the rock show and all that so it's uh yeah yeah you know and, it, and it's a good sampler so at this point in the game yeah if somebody doesn't know where to start i guess that's a good starting point here take a little taste of everything
0: yeah and i and i liked it how you because good because you've worked with out loud records before a eh, bat and you decided to work with him again for this project
2: right yeah matt's oh.
0: awesome oh yeah matt's incredible um um did, did he come to you with the idea or did you have already had the idea and, and presented it to him?
2: I had the idea. I, I spent, I spent all of last year struggling on how, you know, how, how to celebrate 20 years of the Prozac's, you know, just, and I came to the realization that, that basically the, celebrating that 20 years was really me celebrating me. Mm -hmm. you know i I don't have anybody that was you know in the camp that was there for all of that so i find it i found it a little tough you know plus with the pandemic you know not really being active as a band active so much in shows like we normally have been um yeah you know i had all kinds of ideas and i what i what i intended to do what i would have loved to do is actually re-recorded, did like a live studio recording of these like thirty or so songs with the current lineup. So that was kind of my little dream. Yeah, I just weren't really able to pull it together. So no,
0: and you know what? In, in doing something like this during during a pandemic too, makes a lot of sense because in a lot of ways the even though you couldn't play out li- play out live and stuff, the pandemic actually really helped you because a lot of people were discovering you and because your social media was so active and you had more time to be out there on social media and people were either rediscovering or discovering your band for the first time and you were selling and an incredible amount of of your releases during especially during 2020
2: oh it was re- yeah it was really it was a surprise surprise it was really great um yeah it had exactly you i mean you nailed it uh i kept myself personally very busy and um i had so much great support and it was it was really cool making new fans during a time like that mm. um you know and, and you know i had a couple releases come out which was cool yeah and, um, you know like i said the fan favorites was almost kind of a hail mary i'm like how am i gonna how am i gonna do something and, and like to kind of just have a remembrance for at least for myself of this 20 years you know i had a cool cool piece of artwork done up by um, J- jason 3d from the jasons yeah, i was going to ask the- you about the
0: artwork I, i'm glad you brought that up
2: um that, that i had a piece of artwork that i used on a 20 year poster the artwork for the album for the fan faves was my friend, Eric Clark. He lives in town here on um, in Westfield, Massachusetts. And he also did the ambivalence cover. And uh, is this how it ends? And the massive fucking choose it split with Marco and the bruisers.
0: Oh, Okay. I have that. I have that seven inch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I got, I got, I've got a couple artists who uh, in the history of, uh, you know, knocked out quite a, quite a few uh, pieces of art. And um, you know Eric Eric Clark's one of them. And it's cool working with somebody local and mm-hmm. someone you've known and you see. And uh, Jason three you know, three D has done several pieces for me. Ole O'Brien has done several pieces throughout all the projects. Mm-hmm. And um, James Raheel from uh, he lives up in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, he did the Johnny Three split. Oh um, okay. And I, I built a, a lifelong friendship with James, and he's amazing. And he's, he does video game design and stuff. It's really cool. He's involved in some rad shit. Mm-hmm. But he did. I mean, he did cleaning out the closet. Johnny Three Split. Uh, questions Answers. Our Split Seven Inch with No Intention, and a lot of smaller other pieces, random pieces. Oh, that's yeah, cool. the artwork's cool. But fan favorites. Yep, that uh, kind of file follows up off of Ambivalence. The kind of creature, mm-hmm. creature thing and everything and uh yeah, the fan head.
0: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like that too because like obviously you, you put out the video for for blah 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 and the fan monster is featured in the video. And I thought that was kind of cool to incorporate yeah. the two. That was, um,
2: that was done by a uh, a fellow down in uh, Canada, or it's not Canada, Brazil. Uh, his name's uh Jubilee. I believe it.
3: Oh, okay. Uh,
2: but he, uh, yeah, he's done, I got a video on Hold off the new record that he also did an animated video and he just did one for the song Out of My Face. Okay. But yeah, he took the artwork that Eric did and then he drew, illustrated all his own artwork off of that and made oh. that crazy, crazy wacky video.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> incredible. I, I thought, When that video came, I went, ah, oh, that's awesome. Like they tied it. They tied it together. They, they, they made a cohesive project. You know, the two yeah, projects was, are somehow cohesive.
2: It was cool because that song's exclusive to that release. That's the only one, you know. so
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's, that was kind of the train of thought, that it was emphasizing that release. And having a new song exclusive to it was definitely uh, the way to do that.
0: Yeah, that was really cool, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I was, I was glad when that was presented that way, and um, love the music video, love that you did the project, um, love that people are rediscovering or 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 discovering your band for the first time because, you know, you you everybody looks for that certain validation, everybody looks for uh, people to want to listen to what what they do, and when 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 more people take an interest in your in your music in your band then it's like oh this is why i do this it's like reassurance that like i'm still doing good stuff that pe- that people want to listen to
2: yeah no it's awesome not to be taken granted for
0: yeah especially during the shitty time like the pandemic you know we had nothing we had nothing else to do but watch tv and listen to records you know look look at how many bands we, me and you had discovered during the pandemic and 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 that applies for everybody else too that's discovering new music and um discovering you know discovering your band in the process
2: yeah no it's it's, it's wild you know you find new ways find ways to work around what's going on you know and hopefully come out of it uh with some new skills and new talents and some new friends and connections. Hell
0: yeah, man. Hell yeah. I don't want
1: to think about it Just trying to win without it Makes better sense to burn your heart Whenever things just fall
0: I wanted to talk to you uh about the solo album. Uh well yeah, really. let go. Um I was fortunate enough to uh really see your journey from the beginning through making it, um which yeah, I'm very you, honored
2: that right there. <laughs> you, what's up? Yeah, you were right there.
0: Uh, yeah, it makes me feel super honored that, I, I, you know, I was listening to scratch tracks and, um, you know, some acoustic stuff that you were presenting. I mean, you had me inside your creative process right from the beginning, and um, I was really honored for that. And I honestly, you, you might might get tired of me saying this, but <laughs> dude, the solo album is fucking amazing. It, it's amazing um, The way you Took the songs that you showed me Initially As far back as 2020
3: Yeah, the,
0: the songs that you're that, that they The songs that they've blossomed Into Is something really incredible And like I, I, I haven't talked to a single Person who didn't absolutely Love the album
2: well, thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're
0: welcome. You're welcome, man. And like, I'm not just saying that is as, you know, a way to blow smoke, but I I wanted to read a couple of these these reviews that that sure. people had posted on 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 your Bandcamp. This one caught me right here. It's by Faster and Louder, out of Canada. Won't Let Go affirms once again that grown-up pop punk is an actual thing and a striving one at that. From Jay's heart straight to yours, this is a very definition of meaningful music.
2: Yeah, that was a thread.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I couldn't have said it any better. I couldn't have said it any better. I want to read another one. This one's from uh The Secret Weapon on Woody Radio. Jay Prozac does indeed wear his heart on his tattooed sleeves. An amazing ode to Dan Vapid, one of pop punk's forefathers, and truly one of the best in the genre. What's not to love? Mentioning Riverdale stomp while exploding right out of the gate. Crank this one up, and then some.
2: Yeah, it's been really, really kind.
0: No, when when, when do you read things like that, like what 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 have like what what does it do? What does it does it give you any fun, Does it give you any kind of uh like 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 a, like a like a like a does it make it all worthwhile? Like do you think like you you kind of well, get that that clarification that you're doing right?
2: I mean when I when I read the Faster and Louder the full the full um the full review and write-up, I, I had, I literally had tears in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, That's what some of this does to me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's awesome to hear that when, when, when you're putting something, you know, you're putting yourself into something and that there's people out there that get it. And there's people out there that can, you know, feel what you're doing enough to put it into words of their own words. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it, it doesn't really change the way I, I would go about, go about doing these things so much, but yeah, it's really, it's really cool to, to know at the end of the day, you know, we're not here for a monetary purpose we you know, it's, it's like I added something to the world that, that, you know, people could pick up onto it. And that's, that's really cool. You know, and, and one of the things that's really awesome about this new record is I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I've had a lot of guys, a lot of friends played on the record, on the songs. And um, I've seen several reviews where they're, they're, you know, they're picking out the bass and the drums and having things to say about these things. Um, you know, my, my wife and my kids on it and their contributions and the production and with, you know, working with Angelo and, um, yeah, it, it, you know, you you, you kind of know that it's coming from somewhere real. So you have those real feelings. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, this sounds like this and sounds like that. And cool. You know, There's, it's a little different when people are diving in deep. And it's just getting into your head, you know.
0: Well, it's like yeah. this this review right here from Boston Groupie News. This is pop punk on steroids. Everything is pumped up. The arrangements are more complicated than you would expect from simple pop punk. There's more change up. The backing guitars sound layered. The busy drums are full of life and the accompanying riffs are sharp and weave their way through the songs. Jay Prozac has been bringing the goods for years. This one is a topper.
2: Yeah, it's it's wild, you know. Um, no. uh, I've had a lot of new, new, new people talking about the song, the, the record and the songs. And that's all due to Malibu Lou and Rumbar. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, like, he's putting it in places and getting, getting some, some attentions in places. I've never didn't even know existed. And um, kind of rotating around different bands in that circle. And it's, it's really cool. You know, so some people they hear like longtime fans or people that know the music, know what I've been doing to say things and have new people that never heard me before. Mm-hmm. Never heard the projacs or whatever else, and getting getting a, you know those fresh takes. Yeah, I don't know, John. It's wild, it's cool. <laughs> it's like it's not like the world's changing, but my little world is just getting getting some kick.
0: And you know what? If you and you start the album with "Won't Let Go," which was originally a Stiletto Bomb song, that you yeah. that you told me for for quite a while that. You had plans for a while to re-record that, to to put a new spin on it, to make it, uh, to make it something different. Like you always in the back of your mind wanted to redo that song, really? not that the Stiletto Bomb song wasn't good. No, Stiletto Bomb version was great. Yeah, you just wanted to put uh, a, a different spin on it and, and kind of push it differently.
2: Yeah, and it's, a, it's well, a
0: fantastic opener. It was the perfect opener for the for, for the for the record.
2: Yeah, you know, when I when I initially wrote that song, there was no question in my mind if that was gonna be part of my next solo record, and that was 2014 or 2015 is when I when I wrote Won't Let Go. Mm-hmm. And I was already writing my follow-up to Here's My Heart. So, you know, maybe that's part of the thing with this record, like at the end of the day. There was a lot of uh, the songs that were on there were meant to be on there,
3: <laughs> mm.
2: and um, yeah, I, I guess that one I maybe maybe the 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 original just uh, didn't didn't get the attention I was hoping it would, and um, yeah, getting the new putting a fresh uh, spin on it.
0: Yeah, and I mean the album starts banging. I mean you go at won't let go for the world regret. Um, one of my favorite songs, Claustrophobic, um, you know that that's kind of like you know you kind of ease in with Won't Let Go and for the world, and then you like all the cylinders pop off by track three, and it's just like and then Claustrophobic hits, and you're just like fuck, like yeah. it's so good, like the way that you tracked it, it's 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 like climbing a, a, a hill. Like you start out like okay, I'm I'm getting eased into this. This is a great song. Then you, then you go a little bit more, and then you go more, and then claustrophobic hits, and then you instead of doing what you think you're gonna do, you hit with people I know, which right. is one of the one of the songs that uh, that your that both your sons sing on. Um, right that that you you start to see you start to see the uh you know when a lot of people are reviewing the album they mention how it's like a family affair and that you're you're getting everybody involved on it and you know you do the same with building blocks who which that song has taken on a life of its own which yeah, the really way right. that it's being played and um on all different kinds of platforms with satellite radio and everything, I mean, holy shit, dude, um but it it then the songs don't because your kids on they don't sound hokey or you know gimmicky or anything. you just you wanted your kids to be a part of something that you have been building towards, like this solo album, it's like you've been waiting to make this album,
2: oh yeah. Do yeah. you know
0: what I mean? Like, because we talk all the time about the trifecta of of your first solo album to to the last Prozac album, Ambivalence to this one. Like, they all kind of they form almost like a trifecta. Like, you
2: are yeah. There's a thing. There's there's kind of a there is a thought that I had. You know, when I did that first record in two. You know, I was recording the first one. Uh, 2012,
3: 2013,
2: mm-hmm. and I, I was continuing that, and some of that, that train of thought and the material from there seeped its way a little bit into Stiletto Bomb, it's, and was fully visualized years and years later through Ambivalence, and you know, this is the the, the final, you know, <laughs> the final thought that was going on there, so. Yeah, it had a lot of time. I mean, this record could have been several different things. It could, you know, uh, the way, the, you know, the material. Songs but like Wish Waiting, Feeling So from uh, Out of Time, Rocking Out, those songs were all from the Ambivalence record. Where those were all mm-hmm. those were hard-panned songs for this next solo record, and they made it to Ambivalence. So it was kind of cool because it made way for songs like Regret and Claustrophobic. Uh, Days Go By, No Matter. Those songs were the newest of the batch. When we went out 2019, when we recorded uh, Beat of Our Hearts, um, there were seven songs recorded. And at that time, Regret and Claustrophobic were brand new. Okay. And I didn't even have names or lyrics for either of those songs in the studio. And ironically, Regret started out with Stiletto Bomb. <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah i started writing that this is how intertwined everything i'm um, doing is doing you know kind of uh all the projects i am i've done have intertwined and um you know but that was like a musical thing i didn't have lyrics i think with regret i had the basis basics of the song and i knew the woe parts and everything you know and i had the the melody lead melody in my mind from like day one and there no, no, now so, um, but over time, you know, it was really cool because this, like you said, you were there, you saw, you heard, I talked to you, I've sent you all kinds of versions of the songs and, you know, the pandemic changed things, how they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the, you know, I, I wound up having a, another session in the studio, like a year and a half later with my buddy Marty on drums. And that's when we did, won't let go. Yeah. You know, we did no matter. And days go by was already i had already recorded the acoustic part and the song was going to stay acoustic
0: yeah because that's the one that you sent me you sent me the acoustic version of days go by and here with me like pretty early on
2: and i left the acoustic and i and i went in the studio with marty and we we did a second half of the song so he wasn't even familiar with the acoustic part i just recorded the second half with him on drums and then we you know we put it all together and i am you know i did everything after that. One of the one, the biggest differences on this record was the fact that I recorded lots of the I recorded almost all the lead guitars from home. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really I'm not I'm not the most proficient lead guitarist. I'm not a lead guitarist. And uh what i spend my time on is the, the root melodies and, and layering and you know in the prose acts I write a good portion of the lead guitar probably you know more than more of it than i don't mm-hmm. but I, I don't play them live and um if someone's better than me in the studio you know i'll have they'll play the guitar the lead but i still even on the prozacs i play 75 percent of the lead guitars usually
0: yeah jed'll come on a couple tracks here and there and and yeah and try exactly,
2: it. Uh, the only the only the only prozac song jed's on guitar is blah 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 Oh yeah. At this point, yeah, yeah, but um, the uh, anyways, yeah, those songs get to see a lot of change because of how long it took to do, and like I said, I had a whole, I've had a, a whole album lined out for years, and um, as I did projects, some songs went here, some went there. Uh, things like having my kids and having Andrea on the record, it all came natural. Mm-hmm. it's funny because when um, when right from the get-go when Andrea was, you know, singing on Prozac's material and all that, you know, there's always the concern, is it going to sound good or anything? And I told her out of the gate not to be a jerk, but if it doesn't sound good, I'm not going to use it. (laughs) Even even with my kids, I wasn't going to put my kids on it just to put them on it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So maybe I'm a little bit of a jerk like that, but that's also the quality control, but. But you I know what? I, I love time having, the, having the kids on. You know, Ty, you know Tyler's been squeaking on the records here and there since he was little. And, you know, Cody got the full lead vocal on uh, People I Know, and he, he was all over building blocks like throughout the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really nice having Andrea uh, back on Regret, and she was on Out of My Face on the last rec- Prozac's record.
3: Mm hmm.
2: Um, so yeah it's, it's, it's all that stuff is kind of just naturally happens and uh it's great <laughs> It's
1: getting dark these lights are fading you can't see what's in front of me something's in the way. Evil thoughts I keep evading. I only hope this curse will keep itself away. Can't do what I want, 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 can't be what I wanna be. What I want, can't do. 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 What I want, can't be. What I wanna be. The walls are closing in. It's getting hard to breathe. Is there a way to break it?
0: wanted to also too uh what was really cool before you put this out you let me use um the last track no matter um for the compilation i put out last year right um so it was kind of like it was one of the the few exclusive songs that i had on that comp and uh even back then that got that was what october and people were clamoring over that track they yeah, I like, oh, know. A new J Prozac song, like people were that going was a last so...
2: minute edition. That one, yeah, that was, that was literally the session with Marty in the studio was January or I think it was January of 2021. Yeah, so we, so we did Won't Let Go, we did the Dirt Bike Annie song for a comp, which mm-hmm. I want to, I loved it so much, and put it on the record. We did the Days Go By, and then no matter, I had just written, I actually wrote that for a project I was going to do with, uh, Kyle Carnage, who was playing with the Prozacs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I thought it was kind of a hokey song. It was kind of, you know, kind of funny, but at the same time, it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of just, but I, you know, I thought it would, I thought it would be funny to to, to put a little more humor on the record as opposed to the last one. Yeah, and it, you know, you happened. definitely. It just happened. We recorded it, and we put it on. I put it on the record. And, uh I'm glad. I'm glad I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was honored that you that you trusted me with that song. The that's how it got presented out was was through the comp, and um, I was really happy that you, like I said, like for you to trust me to to put it out in the ether before the before the record came out. I thought that was really cool of you.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, it was really cool of you wanting to include me in your label. <laughs> well,
0: fuck, we go back far enough. Why the hell not?
2: You know. I had an early version of Regret was also released by Grim Deeds on his laptop punk.
0: Yeah, I remember a- you put that out there. Yeah. So
2: That was as a single, and that was early on in the pandemic because I didn't know what was going to happen. That was before I recorded the rest of the solo record. And I wasn't completely sure if these songs were going to be Prozac tunes, if they were going to, you know, or if I was going to just put out singles or an EP. So I wanted to do something. So yeah, it's the same recording. Mostly mm-hmm. I added more guitars and changed some of the tones and the mix is a little different for the final record, but that was really awesome of, uh of grim deeds to, to release that version. And Glenn Robinson did, put together artwork which transcended from the, the regret single into uh won't let go which the mm-hmm. album art on won't let go was done by Paulino of Flanders 72 also in Brazil mhm and um yeah i kind of kind of tied the singles into the into you know the the final record
0: oh yeah for sure and i and i like that you got that you had Paulina uh Paulino uh do the artwork on it because the artwork just—I remember the first time you, you you put it out there, I was like, "Yeah, like I don't know, like it has like this superhero, like I don't know, it's like it's almost kind of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not done, I'm 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 on to the next stage, you know what I mean? Like you're like you're ready for whatever's gonna get thrown at you, like." from everything that you've been through this is this is the this is what you're putting out there like you're just you're not you're not giving up you're not stopping you're still you won't let go i mean you just keep tracking and tracking and tracking and you keep making the 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 next album is always better than the last like it's just it's I don't know, man. I don't know what what is in the water in Western Massachusetts, but you're really reaping the benefits of it, man.
2: <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. But um, I mean, it's um. Thank you. Thank you for connecting. You know. And, oh, you're uh, welcome, man. It's uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. And, um, right, you know, I think. So, I think sometimes people think I, I'm just like I. I really like i'm writing every day and all that and i'm not and i go through spurts and i'll have i'll have songs that are sitting on the table um it's not like it was years and years ago you know when we were younger and it was writing songs It and instantly like writing with the band and you know instantly recording them and the process has definitely changed uh and you know, when it comes to the lyrical stuff, I guess the stuff that's uh, weighs more heavily on myself, I just naturally spend spend more time and more calculated with where I'm going to put these songs, and present them. And uh, the one the one of the cool things with this record, like I was saying, I did all the guitar work at home, all the uh, the lead guitars, and I added a lot of rhythm guitar on um, you know tying I was taking two studio sessions and trying to tie them together so I went back over the original sessions for the, the first seven songs and added more rhythm guitars and whatnot but really getting to like get the lead you know J- Jimmy my drummer and one of my best friends he uh he always tells me even though I'm not as proficient on the guitar he feels like, whatever vibe i'm trying to portray from the parts i write he feels like it's just not the same when someone else plays them even though i'm I'm maybe a little sloppier around the edges and simplistic so this record kind of fully embraces that nice you know and i just doing it at home with no pressure and you know rather than being in the studio spending 60 dollars an hour or whatever uh getting frustrated because I can't hit something that's stupid and simple and handing it over. You know, I get to really, really get to lay it out and just, now, uh, g- get, get whatever I'm hearing in my head, work on it until I get there.
0: Now, do you feel like since you didn't have that kind of pressure of being in a studio all the time, do you think it, it, it made the, it made the songs flow a lot easier? Like you weren't, you weren't trying to follow part A, part B, part C, exactly, like, it kind of allowed you to kind of color a little bit outside of the lines a little bit as far as performing and constructing
2: the songs? Uh, definitely with, like, the guitar arrangements, and um, you know, even, like, tidying up, like, backing, like, backing vocals and that sort of thing. Um, yeah I get to spend a lot of the, a lot of that work, you know, so even doing lead vocals on on the lot the last couple of records i'd I'd spend hours at home doing my lead vocals and getting them just how I want them, and sometimes I use them. some of the songs on ambivalence i the lead vocals were done at home uh, and a lot of it was I got it exactly how I wanted it. I'd send it to the studio and then I'd go in and I'd just copy over myself through the say the better gear. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, no, definitely get, getting the time to, to just sit there by yourself and without real any real constraints or pressure. Yeah, it's, it adds it adds something different. Awesome. Um, There's also a charm though to like being under pressure and banging something out, mm-hmm. cuz then you're not overkilling it. Like you know you get you get what you get and um you kind of live in that moment
0: yeah and i think you did a little bit of both with this with this album you know there were they were i'm sure there were songs that were it was a lot easier to kind of crank it out and then there's other songs where you're you're kind of going back and revisiting like what can i add here i have the extra time to be able to spend the extra time on certain songs as you're going
2: yeah you know like like the 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 I was telling you, regret and uh, claustrophobic. Those songs were so new when I went in the studio with Jim, like he barely knew them, and mm. I didn't have. Like I said, <laughs> I go back and I look at the studio notations. <laughs> it's it's new pop song one, new pop song two. You know, <laughs> I had I had no lyrics, or so maybe I, I had melodies or whatnot, and I'm I'm mumbling through the songs, like you know, for scratch takes or whatever. And um, I got to fill that out. But mus- so musically, we laid down what we had. And that's the, 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 the base of it, you know, because I kept my guitars. And uh, when I went in with Marty, when we did Won't Let Go, No Matter. I mean, I think No Matter was basically flushed out a couple days before we went in the studio.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Marty had never heard the original Won't Let Go. So that was one of the fun things with, with that was it was a real fresh take so so marty wasn't listening to the original the original version which i was trying to do it with jim we were gonna maybe do won't let go together And he, that was like a tough time because he knew he had the original one embedded in his head but i was able to work myself around that because i had parts and ideas i wanted to do you know i knew how i wanted to to, to arrange the song so um yeah so like again we went in the studio and we did a one-day session and that was the one day Marty was in the studio. And what we came out with was the rhythm guitars and the drums and everything structured, but the, awesome. the extra stuff after that. Yeah. I got to spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, I had several bassists. Some of them recorded their bass at home Some were in the studio. I recorded some of the bass at my house with a uh, Jed. So yeah, it was an interesting, interesting, um, process
0: um there's two things i want to touch on before we go move on and and talk about uh, the other album you have planned for being released um i wanted to talk to you about the bonus songs that you included on it um covers from all over the place um yep. ramon's song a queer song um and some tracks i wasn't really too fought, too familiar with when you when you recorded them. Um, what was your decision in deciding to include the uh, the was it uh, six bonus tracks?
2: Ah, uh, so that was Lou's idea over at Rumbar, and because uh, I I'm not I'm not big on like bonus material mm-hmm. or hidden tracks and that kind of stuff. I've always been, I like the I like the idea of the album,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and um, I'm trying to think back. Like, you mean, maybe uh, the playing the chords <laughs> we loved was a bonus song included. The song "Let's Sniff Glue" was on mm-hmm. the LP version, you know. But anyhow, yeah, that was Lou's idea, and um, you know, part of his thinking was I had the I gave, I sent him like twenty something songs I had recorded. Mm-hmm. And he chose those are those are the six he chose. And I had four of those songs that are on my band camp as a bonus, as a uh, EP mm-hmm. And that was uh, Behind the mask. and i my intent was just every time I recorded a single or a cover or something, I would just throw it up there and I never did. I left it at four songs. Mm-hmm. So originally he was like, "What do you think if we included behind the mask EP?" And then I I was like, well, you know, I have a bunch of other songs. And um, Mandy was recorded, the Manja's cover, which Mm -hmm. was recorded with the Ambivalence Session. And it was a bonus, a digital bonus on Mom's Basement Records' uh, Manja's tribute. So it didn't get on the actual record. And I felt that was one of those songs. I was like, I love that recording. I love that song. Um, So I sent Lou these songs and basically let him pick we were like you know one song two songs he picked six songs and again like i think part of the thought was like songs like the tom petty song and the 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 ramones tune was kind of like maybe could be gateway to people that don't you know a lot of people hear a cover by a band first yeah and i've never again i've never really been my route and you um, and you know.
0: picked and you picked really interesting tunes too i mean you didn't go I mean, you picked later stuff she's a sensation and you picked i won't back down like those were interesting choices because it's not like your your automatic go-to song for either artist you know what i mean you were kind right. of like you picked them because you like those songs
2: correct yeah definitely yeah, probably you know, the same that,
0: with Mandy, like you said with, with mandy mandy from the 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 manges yeah, the manges, yeah,
2: I think that's partly with Lou Lou picking those tunes they most of those songs really aligned with the record, you know as as being on the pop side of things mm-hmm. and it, you know wasn't the typical J prozac fast pop punk song, you know, yeah. But oh. yeah, you know, like actually, Mandy had gotten a little bit of airplay, mm-hmm. and um, the Tom Petty song "I Won't Back Down" has has been getting played on XM radio, and uh, you know it's wild. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is yeah, crazy. I get it. People like to hear things that are familiar, so I think that was Lou's thought. Here, let's give them a, you know, because I'm a whole new project for his label, mm-hmm. and probably a lot of the bands and his 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 crew you know, his contacts and his world might not necessarily know the Prozacs. Mm-hmm. Or and um, so, you know, those are some gateways. And I think it's fun because, you know, I love those recordings and those songs. Um, I did decide not to release it digitally. So the digital distribution of the album is just a straight up album. Oh, OK. Um, So they're basically they're They're on the CD. They're on Bandcamp and uh they you know there's an lp version so so as far as this album goes it is coming out on lp and i'm working with river monster records uh larry at river monster another awesome label
3: Mm, uh, awesome awesome
2: people um so that's coming at the end of the year and memorable but not honorable we'll be doing a cassette version as well awesome uh, stoked on all that but right now we're a total rumbar mode (laughs)
1: The one that-
0: Now, one last thing before, before we move on, um, can you explain how the success of building blocks, um, has just completely taken off and were you shocked that that was the song to get attention? I mean, with, you know, 10 other just as equally great songs, um, how were how how did it make you feel to to, to hear that building blocks was a song that uh, the satellite radio was really pulling?
2: You know, like I don't really know. I, I feel like Lou wanted to to launch that song as a single, mm-hmm. and, and that was kind of on him. You know, so it wasn't like he was. I think sending out our album all over the place. I think it was a let's pick a single, and he re- he released it building blocks as a single on his band camp with Mandy as the B-side. Oh, okay. And, um, and both songs were getting some play and for whatever reason he he was able to uh, pitch it to uh, Faction Punk on Sirius XM and they grabbed the song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, That's I was very really surprised that that would be, be the song. And I don't want to say it was awkward, but it was definitely a... a, a <laughs> in conversation and discussion with um you know my the people I play with and my wife and everything else like yeah it's kind of odd like you've been writing all these punk rock songs and you've got something in a platform kind of bigger than than you've ever had a song on and it's this song getting played between you know the Dropkick Murphys and The Offspring and whatnot yeah. and um, and I think, while well, even listening to the song, it was more of the train of thought of like what it was about. Yeah, was kind. Of, and when when you sit back and actually listen to it, I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's not not that odd. I mean, musically, it's a, it's a poppy punk rock song. I guess. I know it's not
0: like it's like a kid song. It's it's yeah. a, a, a well written song that just happens to have your kids singing on it. I mean, it's yeah. still I mean... A, a a Jay Prozac song. It just, there's more to it. And it does, like I said, it doesn't, it's because it's getting played, it's it's getting played because it's a good fucking song. You <laughs> know, at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, you know, it's I guess, you know, as far as the lyrical content goes, it's, you know, I was literally sitting with my youngest son Cody at my in-laws house <laughs> and, and I <laughs> He was he was he was playing with Legos, and I that the idea of that song came into my head. I started, I'm, you know, I was sitting sitting there. He's playing. I got my father-in-law sitting next to me. I'm strumming on one of his guitars, and I wrote that song. And I had thoughts about writing children's album
3: mm-hmm. over
2: the years, and the, I've had material, and it was. I think I never did it because it felt like it was a forced thing. Mm-hmm. If I if I was gonna do it, I was gonna sit down and be like. I'm writing a children's album and I think I was never able to put myself in that frame of mind, but I wrote songs, a couple songs on my first solo record, Callin' sick and uh, don't go Mm -hmm. had a song that my mom had wrote lyrics, had wrote a poem about me when I was two years old. And I, I can, I made that into a song when I was two. Mm -hmm. So like these pieces were there. And then I, you know, I wrote building blocks and people I know, I wrote people I know right after I started writing building blocks while I was sitting there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like it's like I could write this children's themed album, but I wasn't, I couldn't put myself in the frame of mind I think and just be like, I'm writing a children's album because I'm trying to capture this market. So it's really organic. It really happened organically, and I thought the songs were really good. I wasn't sure about people I know because I thought musically, it was so standard by the numbers prozac Mm
3: -hmm.
2: like you know it was like it's the essence of my my pop punk songwriting and to me that's very it it seems to come easy
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so when i write songs like that i like the ripper on the last record yeah you know like songs like that just come easy and i i think that's why i don't write full-on albums in that main because it doesn't challenge me as much yeah so maybe when i at this point in the game when i put out less songs like that they, they have a little more, they're a little more special. Yeah. You know? And, but, and but, um. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I just
0: wanted to say, and you know what, if for anybody who knows you and followed your career, your first solo album and, and ambivalence wasn't shying away from, you know, having your family a part of the process of making music. Even, as far back as as, as questions um, and Stiletto bomb, you always incorporated your family somehow into what you're making. So it doesn't surprise me that the culmination of all of those years of you doing that is people I know and building blocks. It makes complete sense because you were always sprinkling them in your music, whether it was the Prozac's or still bomb or your solo stuff. Right. You know, you didn't shy away from it. And I think, and I think people who, who take chances and realize like I'm, and understand that you're, you're coming from a genuine place. It's, it's people that people who, who hear building blocks and it's the first time they've ever heard the Prozac's they won't understand that you've had your children and your wife on other stuff. They won't know that until yeah. they go back and check out your other stuff.
2: But- yeah, it's a little, that was one of the things that were a little strange. Like, well, you know, people are hearing it for the first time for sure, hearing my music. So that, you know, I actually, it's funny because I had a, a, a I was going to have an animated music video made by the same guy who did blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I gave him the whole album and he, this was after Building Blocks had, had gotten hit on, you know, release as a single from Lou. And the song he picked off the album was People I Know. And I was yeah. like, yeah. you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I love the song, and it would, I'm sure you'd make a great video, but I didn't want to come out with a second article being a second children's theme song because now it might get pigeonholed before the whole album gets released, you know?
0: You would pick like Days Go By or, or one or the other, or No Matter. Yeah, or
2: you it to was something, something else. and He actually did do a video for No Matter, and it hasn't been released yet, but it will be soon. But you know what? One of the things Lou said to me when he picked Building Blocks was he felt like, you know, and this was, you know, a few months ago that we were discussing what was going to be the first release. You know, he wanted to release a single and do it. And I'm not accustomed to doing things that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Lou Lou's, I kind of just followed his lead. I really gave up a lot of what I normally do on my own and trusted it in his hands. And I'm glad I did. And it's kind of cool because it maybe that's partly why I'm getting a different spin on things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he said, but his basic words were, the world needs something like this right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of anti-government songs and war songs and straight up, you know, the, the funny punk rock songs. But uh, that's what he felt. He, he thought it would connect and it did. Yeah. You know, I got people sending me sn- pictures all the time that they're, they're hearing their, you know, picture of XM radio. <laughs> and yeah. And stuff's <laughs> getting played on a, on a whole bunch of other stations, uh, F- FM radio stations and whatnot. And uh, Lou's got a whole team of wonderful people that are new to me. I mean, Rodney on the Rock played has played two songs off the record. That's awesome. You know, in Little Steve's Underground Garage, and um, there's a whole bunch of really really cool stations and uh, people that are promoting it. So it's pretty awesome. And um, yeah, dude, I don't know to hear longtime fans like building blocks. <laughs> it's 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 cool. I think I'm over the worry. Of maybe, you know, maybe it might feel a little weak. But as a song goes, you know, it's one of my favorite songs on the record, you know. I don't know. It's
0: almost like your friends were telling you for months and months and months not to worry about it. And you are now realizing that you didn't need to worry about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's... uh... And just kind of roll with it, you know, that's, I guess that's the big one. Just roll with it. This is happening. Maybe something new and awesome will come from everything. Maybe this is just a, a flare, you know, a solar flare moment for me and, and, and for the, you know, or yeah, who knows just riding the wave, riding the moment. And, you know, Kyle Carnage played bass on that, on that song. And Jimmy played drum. So it was basically the Prozac's.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was, you know, and um, whether whether it matters or not, you know, Jimmy and I went in the studio. Carl, Kyle came into the band months later, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I brought him in, and he played bass on four of the songs on that record.
0: That's awesome. And,
2: uh, you know, again with everything, every little bit of the songs is uh, a little bit of everybody that was involved in it. Brought their, you know, Lou uh, Lou Smith from the band Lurking Class, Burger Mm -hmm. Crew Productions. He, uh, He played bass on Claustrophobic and For the World, and he brought some very interesting things to those songs.
0: It just seems like, you know, you were able to kind of really, I don't know, it feels like everything you've done led to this. You know, all the records that you made, all the singles you put out, all the 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 member changes and all that shit it cultivated to this exact moment and it's hard to explain but it's it's like everything leads to this moment whether we had any thought that it would be like that. It's just the way that it worked.
2: Yeah it's you know <laughs> And that's going to lead up to the next thing, right?
0: <laughs> exactly,
2: man. One,
1: two, three, four! want i to
0: I let you go because I, I i know you're, you're short for time um i wanted to talk to you about the release that we're doing together the welcome to camp cheerful
2: most definitely
0: um i just wanted to let the listener know basically it's the earliest demos of the prozacs um basically 2001 2002 um let the let the listener know a little bit about uh, what, what what led to this uh, doing the initial uh, demos for, for the band.
2: Well, obviously, um, I have a colored history. The Prozacs have a very colored history. I'm <laughs> the history before we recorded before the first album. Thanks for nothing was recorded, and um, we did these pretty cool studio recordings before doing thanks for nothing. And I've always kind of had a spot in me where I'd wanted to, to put those out there. So um, the story goes, there was a couple different lineups of the band started in 2001 for three months, I had the first lineup of the band and we wrote nine songs, three of those nine songs translated into the next lineup. Mm-hmm. And, um, Started in September two thousand one, and by June, July of two thousand two, uh, we recorded demos in Ohio. <laughs> Why Ohio? Well, yeah. I, I i had a, I had a, f- a couple friends in Ohio. They were in a band called the Vermin, and I had been friends with them almost from you know from my first time out on the road. And I was talking with those guys about my pro- my new project, the Prozac's. Uh, and their drummer Ralph, two brothers, uh, Ralph and Ben. Ralph's name is actually Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tom, Tom played drums. I love Tom's Tom sound. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't know. we didn't know what the Prozac's were going to be, what we were going to do. Um, and we were not sure what we were going to do for a drummer. So again, this was like June, July. It was June. I think June we went out there. June 29th. Was the mm, I think that's what you said. Yeah. 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 So uh, we went out to Ohio to record 16 songs and some of these songs were songs I had worked on. The band had worked on with the original lineup. Some of them were songs that we worked on with our second drummer, Justin, who was brother of Grand Prix guitarist Eli.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So Justin was in the spring, spring, early summer of 2002. Uh, We worked on songs with him and I sent Ralph and Ben a handful of songs that were just guitar demos, just me on a guitar singing into a cassette tape. Mm -hmm. And Ralph worked on the songs. Um, So a lot of those songs were never heard, never played with a band until we went to Ohio for one day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we went out there, we played all day long worked out the arrangements and then we, Ben was recording us. He hit record and uh, he had like an, an eight track, I believe. And we recorded live 16 songs.
0: And And this will be the first time these will be released in this manner. The original, the original recording.
2: Right. So of those 16 songs, 11 of them were, were recorded uh, we came back from the the Ohio trip, and then just a quick short on that. We went back out. The intent was we were going to record these demos. Then Ralph was going to use the demos to record the real drums, mm-hmm. basically recording over the demos to the to the final arrangements, which he did. And in July, Colin, our bassist, and I went back out there. Dave, the other guitarist and singer, never made it back out to Ohio. So oh. I have an oh, I have another recording of. Of the drums, my rhythm guitar, I believe the bass, and my lead vocals of the same exact set, <laughs> the same mm-hmm. sixteen song, I have studio recordings, which were going to be the first Prozac's album. Yeah. And um, we never got back out there in July, August, and by beginning of September, we brought on Marty on drums a year after the band formed. Mm -hmm. And we used those demos for him to catch up to this material we had. We wrote a couple new ones and recorded Thanks for Nothing, uh, probably November. Mm -hmm. But so those demos sat and um, the song Radio, which is an unreleased Prozac song, was put on a sampler when Thanks for Nothing was recorded. Uh, We released, I believe it was Friday night in double feature, Mm -hmm. and we put the demo of the song Radio on the samplers before the first album was released. Wow! You know, we only burned a handful of those. I don't even know if I have. I, I, I probably have one somewhere.
0: Well, the the yeah. the people will finally get to hear a lot of those. You know, we'll get to hear those original recordings. Um, and I'm really excited that you you uh, trusted me and my partner Mike with uh putting putting that out. Um, we're looking to get that out sometime in late April, May-ish, yeah. um, to get that out there. But I, I was really honored that you, that you you know, we, we were joking around for a while. I was like, oh, when are you, when are you going to throw me something? Totally joking around. And then one day you were like, hey, I think I want you to put this out. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, holy shit. It, like, everything... I don't know. Like it just, I was really, really humbled and really appreciative that you that you were willing to trust me with ground zero of the Prozacs.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 really fun. It kind of ties into the the whole twenty year anniversary because this year will be twenty years from recording those demos. Mm -hmm. And um, what's fun is like because most of those songs were were recorded. Eleven of them went to the record. It'll be fun for people to hear a couple of the songs that. Never made it to a, a, a proper recording until more recent years. That mm-hmm. they actually came from way back then, and um, it's fun to have you know, Tom Ralph, the actual first recorded drummer of the Prozacs, to people mm-hmm. to actually get to hear that, you know, and um, hear the evolution of those songs in that short amount of time, yeah, but yeah, it's really fun. There's a so. At this point, the songs that were never fully recorded, I won't record now. This is going to be it. Nice. Um, it was fun getting to put a, uh, you know, I wrote a wrote a big story and everything for this for the CD release. So yeah, so the history of the, the beginning, the origins of the band, and we uh, the camp cheerful thing actually came from a, uh, which we discussed. Yes, plenty. <laughs> that was that was the title that I intended to use for the very first album. So yes. it's kind of cool to get to use that. And there was um, taking from a summer camp that was uh, in Ohio.
0: Strongsville. Out out
2: in- yeah, so we were driving out there and we saw this summer camp called Welcome to Camp Cheerful. And um, it just stuck, struck me. And I'm like, this would be kind of cool. A little nod to us coming out to Ohio to record our first album. And um, I have artwork that was started, just rough art and everything from back then so yeah it's kind of cool full circle Um, I'm not in contact with Colin so he probably has no idea this even exists is happening and unfortunately Dave who played on it passed away 2005 so uh, Tom though I did get a hold of Tom so he knows it's coming out and I'm sure he's excited to get to have this little thing we did all those years ago before the Prozacs were anything at all coming out and um, keeping it in Ohio, you know, yep. you're, you're, you're an Ohio native. Yeah. So you're, that, you're right in that area. And we got John Galvin from Kelsey bad grammar mm-hmm. who in Ohio to do the artwork. So it's just kind of strange how that all came together like that. And this one little trip to Ohio is getting a, getting a proper, um, you know, well-rounded fun release and yeah. I'm proud And to, to do this with you and Mike.
0: And I'm, and we're really proud, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you, you mentioned John, you know, helping with the, with the artwork, and
2: oh, he did um, a fabulous job. Yeah. Um, I had, I had put the word out there real quick for hot minute. I mean, you know, in uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do for the record cover, and we had discussed that also. Yeah. And uh, I caved, and I'm like, let's just go with artwork. Let's see if anyone wants to draw something, illustrate something. And when I saw. The art that um, John sent me his his examples, and I, I instantly saw like stuff from like the Sicko, the mm-hmm. band Sicko, some of their album art. But it also made me think of like our album, Thanks for Nothing. It was that style. Yeah, it was that 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 kind of it. Just the old Abbas
0: paint, that whole kind of that clip art, that uh, that old yeah, school I mean, look to it.
2: Yeah. And, and he knocked it out of the park. He, he, he killed it. He, he was sending me demo or, you know, uh, sketches and ideas. And I had my, my, my little, uh, insights on it and whatnot. And I, you know, I, I sent him an initial sketch, but you know, he ran with it and, um, he, he killed it. And it's, like I said, it really, it grabs the feel of that era. Perfect.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can't wait for it to come out. I can't wait for people to pick it up. Um, and like I said, like, you know, we're going to be getting to it really soon. Uh, once we get everything done, we're going to get those pressed and um, we're going to get that CD out there. So, so people yeah, I mean,
2: can, it's a fan, it's a fan's release. It's for the fan that has yep. everything, it's you for know, the fans, yep. Neal, if you're out there, buddy, this one's for you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it really, you know, it's not something you want to give somebody. I've never heard this band. What do they sound like? It's a, uh, been around a long time, so I can air out the dirt. You know what I mean, and it'll be it's fun. For the,
0: it's for the fans who have stuck beside you through the years. Um, your way of showing, you know, where you come from, because they've seen where you've gone. Now right. it's time to let them see where 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 it all came from.
2: It'll be funny hearing some of those songs with uh, before the verse, because some some of the lyrics weren't finished. Uh, some of the lead guitars, I'm just humming them or yelling them
0: or you just blah blah blah
2: (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) well jay thank you so much for coming back on the podcast man
2: hey thanks for having me again man we'll definitely do this again and again i hope
0: (laughs) yep and you're part of the uh three club the three guest club nice uh you're with uh nick spoon and zach bless being on the podcast three times
2: that's a good place to be, man.
0: Yes, you're in good company and, and my three biggest, you know, three of my biggest supporters, man.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> dude, and I, ha- and I haven't learned to not babble.
0: No, me either, man. What the I'm, hell? I'm 40, <laughs> 40 plus episodes in and I still babble too.
2: <laughs> uh, who, need, who needs concision? Exactly. Is that even a word? Is that even a word?
0: Yeah, yeah we'll go with it. Say it? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a word. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in Urban Dictionary. It's a word.
2: My my wife will let me know if I if I made it up. I probably did.
0: <laughs> we'll 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 wait for her her uh, opinion on that.
2: <laughs> all right, all right, John. Well, it was great talking to you.
0: It was great talking um, to you too, Jay.
2: Send my love to the family.
0: Um, my love back to you and your family as well, man.
2: All right, take care. We'll talk to you later. Take it easy, brother. All right, bye. Bye.
1: Wanna go? Can't you see? Do you wanna know? This is me. This is where I wanna go. Can't you see? Do you wanna know? Come a whole life ahead of me. what wait, should I waste away being unhappy? Is this too much to ask? Everything is fine, and I don't care what you think of me this time, it's not fair, thinking everything is fine Got my whole life ahead of me, which I wasted away being unhappy Is this too much to ask? Cause you're all know,